So last week we began talking about the baggage that we bring into our marriages. And, uh, and each week I'm going to ask you, if you look at your notes for this morning, you'll see it looks eerily similar to last week. And it will look similar to next week because the first thing I have you write down, I want all of us to you know, do that every week. Uh, just in case you weren't here the week before or you heard it and you already forgot. I want to make sure that we all start off on the same foot, lest you think your spouse is the only person who has brought some baggage with them into the marriage. I have brought baggage as well. I brought baggage. You've brought baggage. We all have baggage that we bring into our marriage relationships. And last week I talked about the baggage that collectively we bring. I mean, there's baggage that we share in common uh, that we bring into a marriage relationship. And we call that ours. And if you missed it, uh, because we have his, hers, and ours luggage that we bring with us or baggage, I want to encourage you, if you missed that, go to our website. You can, you can listen to that. I hope you will. Uh, next week, we're going to look at the baggage. Uh, ladies that you bring with you. Uh, and so today, men, we're looking at the baggage we bring into uh, our marriages. And this is important, huge, huge, because understanding and acting accordingly uh, can help build strong marriages, helps build strong families. Uh, but a lack of understanding and acting accordingly is what causes problems, damages, two homes. As a matter of fact, uh, Proverbs reminds us, it's by wisdom a house is built and it's through understanding that it's established. That's what we're looking for in this series is understanding and wisdom um, in what we're talking about. So ladies, today I'm talking to you, although honestly, many men in this room will be surprised by what I tell you, not because it's not true, but because many, if not most of us men, would not be able to put into words. We wouldn't know how to formulate the words to tell you what I'm about to say. And here's the thing. This is sensitive. What we're going to talk about, you know, especially this week and next, if you take what we talk about and use it in an understanding way, you are on the road to a solid marriage. You are building a firm foundation for your home. You cannot, you cannot overestimate the importance of your role in what we're about to talk about. And next week, man, I just want to tell you already, you cannot overestimate the importance of your role in what we're going to unpack as we talk about what our wives bring into our homes and how we respond to that as, as men. But here's why this is dangerous information. And I said this last week, but what we talk about, especially today and next week, it can be used as a weapon to do great harm to your spouse. And if you do that, you will cause incredible damage to your marriage and your home. And I'm telling you, it will affect your children, not just one generation. It has the power to uh, negatively impact our children for generations. Now, let me say this one more time as well. Lack of understanding and ignorance, acting out of ignorance causes damage in many homes today. So ladies, here's what God's word has to say, uh, especially to you. A worthy wife is her husband's joy and crown. A shameful wife saps his strength. The message version translates it this way. A hearty wife invigorates her husband. And so the question is uh, that we're going to look at today is how do you um, become 
your husband's joy and crown? How do you invigorate him? Not just to give him what he wants, but actually what he needs, what's hardwired into his DNA. And surprisingly, God has recognized all of this and he wrote to us about that. So, Lady's going to ask you a question, uh, like I asked you last week, just because I want us to start off on the same foot again. But when you hear the phrase, when it, when it comes to this phrase, when it comes to men, all they want is... Wow. <laughs> I thought more of you would know the answer to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, just in case, you, you, you dozed off for a moment. Uh, let's try that one more time. When it comes to men, all they want is sex. There we go. Okay. Show of hands, moment of honesty, transparency in the room. How many of you, even if you didn't say that, you thought it immediately? I mean, it's either that or food, right? All they want is fed or sex. It's something like that. Now, I just, I want to say this. Uh, we don't talk about sex much in the church. Shame on us for that. This is a topic our culture is wrestling with and by and large losing. And we have the answers. God has talked to us about this. All we need to know is how to apply what he has said into our own lives. Who better to give direction? Who better to give hope? Who better to give insight to our friends and our family members who have no idea and are struggling with this than us? So, sex. Listen, what if I said that isn't what's really inside the baggage that men bring? We hear that, but that's not really what's inside there. We're going to start with what's really inside this baggage and what it has to do with sex, because it does have something to do with sex, but to say it's just sex isn't true. What men need, the baggage we bring, is the need for sexual fulfillment, I mentioned that last week. I want to make sure we understand the difference, because sex is God's idea. And God wants all of us, men and women, to experience sexual fulfillment in our marriage relationships. He designed us. He created us. And so he knows what is necessary. He knows what it takes to have sexual fulfillment in our marriage relationships. As a matter of fact, take a look at what he says in Proverbs chapter 5. Take a look at what he said. There we go. Okay. In Proverbs chapter 5, let's look at this. Drink from your own well, my son. Be faithful and true to your wife. Let your manhood be a blessing. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Let her charms and her tender embrace satisfy you. Let her love alone fill you with delight. You know, for most of us, what we understood about what God had to say about sex was this list of do's and don'ts and you better never and hey, don't even think about. That's what we think he says. But look at what he's saying. Be filled with delight. Do you understand what your creator understands about you? you? Understand what your father wants for you? He wants you to be filled with delight. And here's what I know. I know that there are many couples who are cringing right now. Or maybe you're scoffing at the idea that sex uh, might be something, you understand is something physical, but on an emotional, relational, spiritual level, it is not doing a thing to decrease the distance between the two of you. And a big reason for that is that sex has been reduced to just to merely physical gratification. Our society has portrayed men as machines with one-track minds, always looking for the next sexual encounter. And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands on this, but I sure am wondering how many women here were told that growing up. 
and you've had experiences, some that you have consented to, others that were forced upon you, and it just reinforced this idea that all a man wants is physical gratification. And guys, to be real honest with you, a lot of the things that we do make this our own fault. So man to man, every stare at a woman, not your wife, who is wearing something revealing, every joke you tell or listen to that is that locker room sexual humor, every, every uh, uh, porn site or pay-per-view movie in a hotel room, it sends this message to the women in our lives, our wives, our daughters, those around us, that we're just in it to get what we can get. No wonder women think that all we're interested in is our own pleasure. And it's, listen, it's not, it not only hurts women, it hurts marriages. Because almost any woman will tell you, if that's all the guy wants, then forget it. I'm not interested in that. In her book, For Women Only, Shantae Feldman, who has done extensive research on marriage and relationships, said this, this topic, this idea that we're talking about, earned the highest degree of unanimity of any question they asked of men. 97% of men said that getting enough sex wasn't by itself enough. They wanted to feel wanted. 97%. Think about that. That's almost every man who took this survey. Do you see how this baggage can cause problems at the most basic level? Ladies, your man wants to feel wanted. Do you see how dangerous this can be? Do you understand how it can become a weapon? So I want to make sure that you see this. Sexual fulfillment includes feeling loved. It means feeling wanted and known and understood and connected emotionally and relationally. That's what I mean by that. And ladies, your man will most likely never say those things to you because we don't know how to say this without sounding like a Nicholas Sparks book. And we don't want to sound like a Nicholas Sparks book. If there was a Tom Clancy way to say this to you, if there was a, a John Wayne, a Clint Eastwood kind of way to say this, we would do it, but we don't know how to do that. And some women, including some women here, will say, well, not my husband. As long as he gets what he wants, as often as he wants it, then he's going to be okay. And there has been some research done on how often married men actually want sexual intimacy. And the research overwhelmingly shows that married men actually want sex only on days that begin with T, Tuesday and Thursday, today, tomorrow, and the next day, right? <laughs> he meant to lighten the mood in the room. <laughs> Listen, the truth is men don't often do a good job of expressing what we're looking for sexually. But, but we do want a sexual relationship with our wife that is fulfilling on an emotional level, on a relational level. It's not just about frequency. And so the bottom line in this area, we men bring this in with us. It's hardwired into our DNA. And it's important that both men and women understand that men want sex to lead the way to emotional and personal connection and women want emotional and personal connection with their husband to lead the way to sex. Look at that very closely. 
Men want to have sex to connect with their wives. Wives want to have connection to have sex. It is like we are wired exactly opposite of each other, almost as if men and women really are different from each other. The problem is that when this difference isn't dealt with well, it begins this vicious cycle. She wants to have sex when she feels close. He wants to have sex in order to feel close. Listen, do you know who God says is supposed to break the cycle, women? Do you know who he's talking to? He says, you are. Men, do you know who God says is supposed to break this cycle when it starts? You are. Both are supposed to break this cycle. It's not 50-50. This is not one of those things where you say, I'll tell you what, on your needs, if you meet me halfway, I'll meet you halfway. Someone once said, I wish I'd put this in your notes. They said, the more somebody says, I'll meet you halfway, the more we'll come to the conclusion that they're a poor judge of distance. (laughs) Ephesians 5 says this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. What that means is let your spiritual life, your relationship with God, let that direct you and guide you to break this cycle. Look at what God says specifically about sex. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, beginning in verse 3, in case you don't believe it's in there, look at what he says. The husband should not deprive his wife of sexual intimacy, which is her right as a married woman. Or should the wife deprive her husband? The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband also gives authority over his body to his wife. So do not deprive each other uh, of sexual relations. And listen, I know that's easier said than done. I get that. But when I feel my needs aren't being met in any area of my life, I'm going to hold what you want hostage. It happens all the time. My guess is it's happening with a couple in this room. There are houses in this room right now, marriages inside this room. That very thing is happening. And guys, what you're saying is, she's not giving me what I want, so I'm not going to give her what she wants. And we got wives who are saying, he's not giving me what I want, so I'm not going to give him what he wants. And listen, I'm just telling you, that's not being submissive to God. That's called blackmail. That's what we're doing in our homes. And it's our unwillingness to submit that is keeping our marriages from becoming everything that God wants them to be. And this, quite frankly, may be an area in your marriage where as a couple, you need to see a professional counselor. If you don't feel like there's any way that you can break this cycle of which comes first, the emotional, relational, or the physical, if you can't figure that out on your own, if you don't have another couple you can talk to about this, then, then, then you may need to see a professional. But for today, this is about what's inside the baggage men bring. And I'm telling you, men don't just want sex. They want an interested, caring, sexual companion who understands that sexual love, what it means to him, even when he's not very good at telling you about that himself. And for most men in the world, we're not. Now, we just spent half our time talking about that. Why do you suppose we did that? Why did, why did we intentionally just spend half of the message talking about that part of what men bring into the equation? It's because if our enemy can get us to misunderstand or ignore or misuse this information, how easy is it to kill your marriage? I don't mean you'll get a divorce. You're going to end up living under the same roof with no relationship. With the, he's killed your marriage. Listen, and it is happening. 
like nobody's business in homes today. And somebody has to do something about this. And if the children of God won't stand up and do something about it, I don't know who will. We have his word to guide us. It's our call. All right. Here's the second piece of baggage that men bring. You ready? It's the need for respect. This may not be any surprise at all. As a matter of fact, Paul talks about this. He says, however, he's talking to husbands and wives. Each one of you must also love his wife. So he says that to the husbands. And he, as he loves himself. So guys, we love our wife as we love ourselves. And the wife must what? Respect her husband, right? And so husbands, listen, Paul, Paul knows that uh, God has told him what, what, what wives desire, the way they're wired up above all is to be honestly and completely loved by their husbands. Paul recognized that. He reminds husbands of that because sometimes we get busy with our work. Sometimes we get busy with our outside interests and we lose the focus on loving our wives, or at least we get distracted from it. And God says, uh, this is the most important thing you'll do. Outside of loving God, this is the second most important thing that you will do. So guys, we're going to talk about that next week. Ladies, make sure you bring him with you. All right. Uh, ladies, why do you suppose Paul considered it necessary to tell wives to respect their husbands? When Shanti Feldham researched this, she found that, you ready? The need for respect and affirmation, especially from his woman, is so hardwired into us men and so critical. Three out of four men would rather feel unloved than disrespected and inadequate. Think of, they had to ask this question several different ways because it was confusing men. When we, read that, when we read the question, the question seemed confusing to us because we associate love and respect. When you have one, you have the other. You, you don't, and so men were not understanding the, quest, the question uh, accurately. So ladies, I want to remind you of something that you may have never been told. Or maybe you knew this, but you've forgotten it. You have tremendous power. You have incredible influence in the life of your man. Do, do you know that? You, or if you knew it, do you remember it? I believe that most women tremendously underestimate their own power when it comes to what they say to their man. A family counselor received a note from a husband. And it really, it's written to wives, and it's a little edgy. So buckle up. He wrote, nagging. Yeah, we just tune that out over time. We tune it out. We try to look like we're still listening. And the reason that you say, hey, are you listening to me? Is because we're not. We're hearing, but we're not listening. We men can relationally push the mute button and your mouth and your face and your hands keep moving. But we just kind of tune that talk out when it's just nagging. Hard truth in church today. But that's not all he said. But when your words are affirming, we can't help but listen to you. And we almost can't help but repeat the behavior that got that affirmation to come our way. Do you understand what I just said? We are hardwired to want your affirmation. And if you tell us that you like something or you appreciate something or you just can't get over that we, you, you just guaranteed we're going to do it again. Because we want that from you so badly. God says to us, if you love someone, you will always believe in him and always expect the best from him. So our verse today, Proverbs, what is the wisdom that we're gaining today? What is this understanding way that we're supposed to live with each other? 
All right, so ladies, for a man's first need, let me just say this, surprise him. That's all I'm gonna say about sex, all right? Surprise him. Uh, for his need for respect, let me give you three ways to accomplish that. The first is your attitude. Do you know how you disrespect your husband without ever saying a word? You roll your eyes. You sigh at us when we say something. You throw your hands up in the air like you think we're an idiot. Those are all signs of disrespect to us. Do you know how you respect your husband without a word? You smile at him. You embrace him or hug him when he comes home as if you missed him. You pay attention to him. You listen to him. Cook his favorite meal. You know what it is. It tells him that you were thinking of him. Listen, here's the second way. You do it with your actions. You do it with your attitude. You do it with your actions. I love the story. Tamitha, uh, Tabitha Camacho's husband was stationed in Seoul, Korea in the United States Army. She said, with the help of some friends, I got in touch with some of his coworkers to pull off a surprise date. He's in Korea. She's in America. After four months of working out all the details... I flew around the world with arrangements to be in this particular restaurant at this particular time. She said he was sitting eight inches from me and didn't even know I was there for about four minutes. And then he just about fell off his chair when he realized I was sitting next to him and the restaurant broke out in applause over the surprise. That's incredible. I just want to say, you, you don't have to travel around the world to do that. Write a note of encouragement. Pack a bag of his favorite snack, cookies, whatever it is. Put it in his suitcase before he leaves for a trip. Let him choose the thermostat setting tonight. <laughs> I know, that's probably the hardest one. <laughs> Write him a thank you note just for being him. Put it on his pillow. Let that be the thing that he goes to sleep thinking about. Call him at work just to tell him that you love him. Pray for him. Pray for his spiritual wisdom and his understanding. When you pray, just give God thanks for him, that he is the man that he is in your life. Here's the last one. You show your respect with your words. When you brag about him in front of other people. I was talking to a lady in our church here who was describing her husband to me. And she said, you know, he is six foot nine of twisted steel and sex appeal. And I thought to myself, yeah, maybe, but I don't want to know that. You know? And I just want to say, there's no man alive who doesn't want his wife to describe him that way. I mean, use his height for sure. But, but listen, we, all, we may say, oh, you know, but we're inside, man. Listen. Build him up in front of the kids. You have no idea what that does for us. We asked our ladies, what's the most important thing you wish your husband or significant other knew, but you feel like you haven't been able to explain uh, in a way he understands. And to be sure, we received some responses that were calls for help. And, and to be sure, we received some that were sent out of desperation, which is why we say here and we believe at MCC that our, one of our core values is journey. We believe that faith is a journey. It's not about just destination. It's the journey, and we will travel together. And there's not anything we can't overcome with God and each other. We can overcome the, the most difficult things in life, even difficulties in marriage relationships. We can do that. However, the vast majority of the answers look like this. You and me, you and 
night Make sure the kitchen's clean Then we turn out the light Raindrops on the windows We're on the couch Fire in the fireplace Best seat in the house When God made you He already knew That we were meant to be With modesty As the big blue sea husband in the room is hoping that his wife is one of the people who put that up there. And that just even just one of those things is what you said about him. And you want other people to know about him as well. Every husband in the room would love for that to be true. And so can I suggest, ladies, uh, if if one of those was what you put up there, would you let your husband know that was yours? Not, you don't have to do that, and I'll do it later today. Just let him know that. And if, if one of them wasn't, if you didn't get anything in this week if you, or last week, um, take a moment. Write that down. Don't just say it to him. Write it down so he can look at it because he'll look at it. He's not going to look at that and wad it up and throw it away. He'll hold on to that. It will stir his heart. Look at what Barbara Bush said on your notes. Your success as a family, our success as a society depends not on what happens in the White House, but on what happens inside your house. And here's why this is so important to us uh, here in this place today. Our children are watching. They want to know, do my parents just go to church? Or do they really wrestle with this stuff that God has called them to do as husbands and wives, as moms and dads, as people? Because how they watch us live out our life 
will help them make a decision about who God is going to be in their life. To the end, that, that Emily Myers is in our baptistry, ready to make her promise to God. So check out what's going on in our lobby right now. Good afternoon. Um, we have such a day for celebration. This is Emily Myers, and I've had the privilege and honor of being Emily's teacher for these last several years and just watching her faith and Jesus grow and her love for God's word. And she has given her life to Jesus and wishes today to be baptized. So Emily, are you ready? Okay. Repeat after me. I believe believe that Jesus is the Christ that Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God the son of the living God and I accept him and I accept him as my lord as my lord and savior and savior Emily because of your confession and your desire to make Jesus the lord and savior of your life you are being baptized in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit for the forgiveness of your sins the gift of the holy spirit and the promise of eternal life.